I am Lori Liming, and I am the founder and president of the Silver Liming Foundation. So what inspired you to create the Silver Liming Foundation? Uh, it's, I'll give you the short version of the story, which is uh, in 2015, I was diagnosed with stage 3C metastatic breast cancer. Um, and I spent the next two years battling a pretty intense battle. Um, and while I was sick, the town, strangers, friends, you know, you name it, came by and helped uh, my sons and helped me. Meals were made. You know, my sons had rides to lacrosse. And, you know, if they forgot their backpack, a friend would swing by and bring it to them, you know, whatever. I mean, you name it, my son's needs were met. But they had a Christmas here that was thrown by families. I was pretty sick that Christmas, the first Christmas. And um, they just did so much for us, you know. And our goal was if I made it, then we would do something to kind of pay the kindness forward. And while I was sick in the very beginning of it, uh, two of my former students um, got together. They were Mark and, and Tony, and they came up with these amazing bracelets. It's hard to see what they, it says, we love you, Miss Liming, look for the silver liming. Um, and that's how I got the name for the foundation. Um, and by October of 2018, you know, I was feeling well enough to to start the process. So we, you know, we started out slowly just helping one mom that, um, you know, I was told about during my cancer treatment, I joined uh, Live Strong, which is through the YMCA. Yeah. It's a free program for people who've had uh, cancer and are trying to get their strength back. Um, and I had graduated the program at that point. And the woman who was in charge of it approached me to see if I could help um, find a Christmas tree for a family who couldn't afford a Christmas tree. And that was our very first gesture was, you know, granting them this, this tree. And then it just went from there. Wow. Yeah. How, how did the support help your fight? Uh, you know, to be totally honest, I don't know how we would have made it without the support of everybody. I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I was absolutely too sick to, to cook, to really care for the kids, um, I definitely wasn't well enough to drive a lot of the time. It was, I had a not great diagnosis, prognosis, all of those things. So I just, I don't know what I would have done. Um, it was just, I think we were just blanketed in love and that allowed, you know, everything to, to be okay. You know, knowing that I had one friend who um, she called me and she said, uh, and when I say friend, I had taught her son we're, we're friends now, but I had taught her son, I felt like a million and a half years ago. And um, she was fostering a child who was in seventh grade. She called me and she said, you know, my, my daughter's in seventh grade. I'll take Tommy. You don't have to worry about Tommy. He had a ride to and from school every day. And that was, you know, it was just knowing that there was somebody to call if I needed it. I had friends come by and they just listed their phone numbers on the door in case the boys needed something, you know. It was just, it, it just made everything manageable. I mean, it, it, I've always said it takes a village even before I was sick. And, you know, to be the person needing the village and knowing that it actually is true that, you know, we are all here to help each other was, was I don't know, life-changing. With the organization, how does it feel when you hear stories or even see people's faces uh, that you helped? Uh, it makes me cry tears of joy, honestly. Um, you know, we've had some pretty amazing stories. I'll just, if you're okay, I'll just give you a quick one. That's yes, please. One yeah. My, yeah. One of my favorites. So, um, again, a million and a half years ago, I, I taught a boy, um, named Nick 
and he wasn't in my homeroom. He was, you know, when you cycle through the classes. So I had him a period a day for fifth grade and, you know, his family wasn't really on my radar. He was a good boy, good student. You know, there was no reason to interact. And, you know, probably 2019, um, uh, we have open meetings for the silver lining adults. So, you know, you come, come once, come every time, whatever you want. And so, um, a woman came and she said, you know, she was in tears when she got there and she said, I've been busy for two years and I lost touch with my friend. Um, her name is Nancy. And she said, um, I'd like us to do something for Nancy. And it happened to be the same woman who is now driving my son back and forth also joined. And um, the, the cool thing about Nancy is that she's, she, I don't know, she's just a ray of sunshine. Um, when I taught her son, she had MS, um, but she was still, you know, somewhat mobile. Um, and by the time Mary Beth came to the meeting, Nancy's a full quadriplegic. Um, so her life, you know, had changed kind of behind closed doors, you know, and so we were trying to think of a gesture. And then my friend Carolyn was like, you know, my husband's best friend is a quadriplegic and we offered um, to get them an Alexa. And so we got permission from, you know, Nancy, is it OK if we get you Alexa? And instead of, you know, just sitting at home, unable to do anything, she can now you know, interact with Alexa, listen to the song she wants. You know, we were able to um, get her, you know, the the books as well. So she can listen to books, you know, that gave her a little bit of courage. And she fought with the cable company because they weren't going to allow her to have the voice activation without paying like $250 and whatever. And she was like, I, I shouldn't have to pay it. So, you know, she fought, she has that. So now she, um, you know, pretty much controls the world with her voice, which is incredible. And then she became a very active member in Silver Lining. So, you know, one of the things she does for us is um, we have some senior citizens that are, you know, homebound. Yeah. So she uses her voice. She calls them, you know, checks in on them. And, you know, she even hosted meetings at her house for us. It's, you know, earlier on before we were, you know, big enough to be meeting elsewhere. But it's just incredible. And, you know, the, the idea of silver liming is to plant the seeds of kindness and, you know, hope they stick, hope they grow. And this is one of those situations where, you know, at the meeting that was held at her house, um, a woman named Lisa happened to show up who knew Nancy, you know, in a different life. And, you know, when they were both working, wherever they were working and they're together all the time now, you know, it's just like this, these friendships blossomed and, you know, amazing things happen from it. So. So, so the answer is it, it makes my heart happy. It makes me smile, you know, it just, and it's not just me. It's, you know, the group of us that are doing it, you know, we're all, we're all better people after we've done a kind gesture. Yeah. What is the, the process or research you do to make these happen? Uh, so it's been pretty much word of mouth for us. Uh, we we're fairly grassroots, small, you know, um, the very first person to reach out was through the YMCA. So they've kind of already vetted out that there's, you know, a validity to the case. Um, we've had local churches reach out to us, you know, same idea where they've already taken care of the, the research and the whatnot. It's been word of mouth. Um, and we've been very lucky that, you know, whatever the gesture has been, it's been needed. Um, so, you know, the bigger ones, like something with, with our friend, Nancy, it's, you know, it's very easy to see there's a need there. Um, and we do a lot of friend on the mend. So um, some of it's just through Facebook, you know, you see, you know, 
whatever, the police chief's daughter just needed meniscus surgery. So we send like a friend on the mend gift to, you know, pretty much any kid we hear of that's had any sort of, you know, health issue. Um, we did, we had a little girl who broke her wrist. Um, so we got her a teddy bear with a matching broken wrist, you know, just some simple stuff, just, you know, trying to, trying to, to keep everybody smiling, but mostly it's just word of mouth. What have you learned from your sons through this whole process? Right. They are the two most incredible humans you'll ever meet. They, oh, I can't even talk about them without just filling with pride. Um, I mean, I guess the one thing I've learned is that they are the best of friends. Um, you know, I, I call them Bert and Ernie. You know, when I was, <laughs> they, were, they were just so cute. We live, I don't know, two tenths of a mile from a grocery store. And, um, you know, they would get together on their bikes and ride to get the milk. And, you know, they kind of very quickly became mature, independent, you know, whatever they needed to be there. They are more of a survivor than I, than I am. I mean, both of them, they just, what they went through was worse than anything anybody should ever have to go through. I mean, the fear of losing their mom and it wasn't pretty. There was times, you know, I mean, there was a, you know, a lot that went wrong physically. I had 12 surgeries. There was a lot of drains, a lot of infections, a lot of trips back to the hospital. I missed my son's birthday, you know, two years in a row because of all of it. And, you know, he was in fifth grade at the time. So what's he turning 11 and 12, you know, um, and they just never, I mean, they never gave up on me, but also they never, I don't know, I guess they just never stopped loving and working and loving and working. And, you know, they're just, even now, they're so amazing. My older son is um, at Penn State and his fraternity did like a little mini silver liming fundraiser, you know, on their breast cancer awareness day. Um, you know, watching my my younger son, Matthew, he's he's so kind and, and, you know, just incredible. And, you know, he and his friends will get together and they're making sandwiches for the homeless. And, you know, they're just doing all kinds of, of things, but I guess what I learned from them is, is that they're brave and they're strong. And I'm so glad I get to live my life to raise them. And what motivates you? My sons, that's it, them. I mean, I, they're the reason that I'm still here. I mean, I, I don't have an ego when I say like, I'm kind of a miracle. Like I was sick and sick and sick. And, you know, even to this day, like I, there are long-term side effects that I have, you know, I definitely have issues walking. I have a lot of pain, whatever, you know, and um, I definitely smile through it because of them. You know, if I didn't have them, I don't even know if I would have finished the journey. Um, it, I think it would have been too hard. I wanted to quit the journey twice with them, um, but they, they're just everything. The fact that, you know, not, it's not just them, but it's like, they're learning from me as well. You know, like we were handed a really, a really, poopy plot twist and you know we kind of turned it into rainbows you know like watching people help us and then turning around and helping other people like that's what it's about you know you're you are allowed to sit and be sad and do nothing and that's okay too but uh, you know I kind of want them to know that this is how we do it you know this is how our family does it we we take our lumps and then we we keep going where do you want to see the organization in the next three to five years that <laughs> you're calling on on an off day. I, I I'd love to see it. You know, my dream was always to go on to Ellen with um with two two particular people that we helped. One was Caroline. Um, 
she was a high school student with cerebral palsy who we used to send her funky socks to college because she couldn't tie her own shoes. So we were like, this will be a great conversation piece. Um, so since Ellen's gone, I don't know where we're going to see it. Um, I, I'm currently in the middle of, you know, a, a lot of major life changes here. So I'm not sure, but I, I, I mean, I'd love it to, to spread across the nation, even under a different name. I don't care. Just, I'd love to see this, this quest for kindness continue. I like that quest for kindness. Yeah, we're actually, we're, we're doing an event. Um, Silver Liming got so big, we started Silver Teens. Um, we had a lot of teenagers that were volunteering with us. I mean, we, we probably have like 35 now and we haven't really ever asked for any. They just keep coming, you know, it's just, you know, kids want to do cool things and, and we've let them. Um, How have you seen, you know, the teens confidence level? Because, you know, that's a tough time of growing up. Yeah, it's been really interesting. It's been a lot of trial and error for the adults running it, um, but it's been amazing. So initially, the adults were kind of, you know, okay, let's let's think about what we want to do. Okay, we want to do a car wash. We want to use the money um, that we raise to make 250 sandwiches for the Bridges Outreach Program that feeds people in Newark. Okay. And initially, we were kind of like, this is what we're going to do. But then um, Julie is the the other person who runs it with myself and a woman named Carrie. And Julie was like, I think the kids can do this. So it went from here's what we're going to do to, okay, Aiden, you have to call Bridges and you have to make sure that they'll accept donations on the day that we're available. And then, you know, we had, uh, you know, Amanda was making the sign of genius for it. And all of a sudden the kids are are doing this and you know, then Aiden circles back and says, you know, nobody's answering. I don't know what to do because I've tried three times and kind of like them going through this trial and error of of organizing an event. Um, watching them organize the toy drive was great because they had to contact the school principals to get permission to have our drop-off boxes there and then correspond with um, the woman from Cherish Creations who was in charge of, of taking all of the toys and delivering them elsewhere and, you know, kind of going through that. And they've just gone from... I don't like, I like Bambi, not sure on their feet to, you know, one, we want to organize a sock drive. We want to do this really, you know, like they, on president's day, we wound up using the bottom of um, the church, you know, the recreation room in the church. And we had 32 kids. We made 300 sandwiches and then 300 shelf sustainable lunch bags for, you know, the hungry and, they were just zipping around, having a great time. And it's it's kind of like they've been able to bond over the service as well. You know, they have things to bond over, like their sports and their buddies and their whatnot. But it's kind of neat to see them, you know, getting excited about helping people and, and what that looks like. And even now that they're older, some of them, you know, they're able to do the shopping on their own. So we have a family we're helping, you know, the three-year-old needs diapers and clothing and whatnot. So, you know, oh, no, no, I'm going to do that with my mom this weekend. Okay, great. You know, so it's it's been great to watch the confidence. Um, and it's I'm I'm sure it's in a, you know, it's a testament to their character, but a lot of our kids are in, you know, the National Honor Society and they're getting service awards outside of of us. And I think that, you know, we're just a little tiny piece of of who they are, but I think it's helped. 